Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dew. And I am really excited about this episode because my good, good friend, Camille Lawson, we've known each other for 10 years, and she has helped me a lot with the hormones and the balance and the athleticism. So I've asked her to come on the podcast to talk about women, hormones, menopause, because I just stepped into it this summer it just hit me and as a female aging athlete now camille's background she's a retired nurse she's a hormone specialist so that's why we got her here um and she's a sex therapist but we're just gonna talk about the hormones today um so (laughs) but it's so important as women that we listen to our body and and also with cycling we're gonna tie everything in and i can't wait to hear what camille has to say about all of this because i'm certainly going to be taking notes so maybe we should all just sit down and get our pen and paper because she has some great stuff to share not to mention sorry camille (laughs) we'll bring you out soon that if you are ever looking to find her go to youtube she has an amazing youtube channel with small segments on a lot of hormone related they're all hormone related videos they're so informative short and sweet and they've really helped me too so welcome camille to the podcast i'm super excited to have you here thank you sylvie and i'm both honored and privileged and thrilled to be here because i do know so many women want to talk about this they want answers they want to also just express themselves and maybe most importantly know that they're not alone in how they start to you know feel as their hormones come more into play exactly and i forgot to mention that the way we know each other is through an exceptional nutritional company called isogenics that we both you've i've been using the products for 10 years camille how many years Oh my gosh, I think I'm up to 15 and 15. and really wouldn't deviate. And I, I will talk about nutrition mm-hmm. and how it interplays with hormones because there's so many um, nutritional remedies that we can have that can really help us feel better and more like ourselves again. So it's very helpful to know that and not kind of accept that these changes happen to us and we just have to go along with them because we, we don't. Some of them we do, but lots we don't. Yeah, so... That's one of the things that I felt that um, I had on track and it's been 10 years, right? So that I had my nutrition down and I don't just supplement 100% of the time. Supplementing with their products, whether it be adaptogens or collagen or 
um, electrolytes or meal replacements, it certainly has made my life a whole lot simpler. And I know like Camille will talk about that. So being an athlete on the bike and through those years, I've competed both on the bike, on the stage, and these products have been a staple in my life and they will forever be. So let's dive into it, Camille. We're talking here about female, the aging female athlete. And I was just saying, I turn 51, I'll be 52 and hormones, well, hormones, I don't know. Menopause has just stepped into my life as of July. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the hot flashes and 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 the um antsy legs that's not the word i'm looking for but like um the cramps uh, and the restless legs the restless legs not yeah. cramps it's restless, restless legs yeah and um and the hot flashes so maybe so. we should just define and we'll use you yes. sylvia as All an right. example so let's just define first what menopause and perimenopause yeah are because yes um, especially if you're just starting into some hormonal changes, mm-hmm. um, we're not always sure people say, oh, am I in menopause? Am I not? Excuse me. I just need some <laughs> water there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so firstly, I'm going to digress and say as women and men, but especially as women, we are hormonal our whole life, right? We said, we tend to focus on kind of that perimenopause changes in our forties and fifties as being the time. But if you think about it, hormones are actually plain if any of you have teenagers you know that hormones with your (laughs) girls especially men boys again too but especially Mm -hmm. your girls hormones are major in play would you agree i know you have oh yeah so you know that i've had i had three i've got Um, a couple coming up the ropes (laughs) yeah and you can you you literally um sometimes it's like where did and that's hormones which is normal at that time to be kind of raging and fluctuating at an alarming rate then they can kind of settle down in our 20s um, our 30s depending on whether you um, are having you know having children or not obviously uh, pregnancy um, fertility any of those kind of things infertility all of those also cause a lot of ups and downs with our hormones and quite extreme. And as a little aside, a lot of people don't realize after you're pregnant, it takes our bodies at least one full year to kind of regain our equilibrium, our homeostasis balance in our hormones. You know, a lot of women think, oh, why haven't I bounced back after six months or (laughs) air still falling out? Well, that's all hormonal. You know, all of that is hormones. And then when we think about the kind of stressors that we start to have as life goes along, sometimes there's career stresses, financial, you know, relationship stresses, kids stresses, aging parents, a lot of that starts to come into play in our 40s. And we haven't maybe even started into what's defined as perimenopause. So just the point is, we are really hormonal beings that control every aspect of what our body does. And I, and I'm also in awe of that. That's why I like to bring that up. Like we have over 50 hormones, like that's a lot of hormones, 50, 50. And they're like a symphony as I'm sure you've heard me say, but it's important to realize they are like in sync, they're in balance. And when even one goes off, it can throw the whole symphony of those 50 
out of whack. And so it's just, I think we want to, you know, give due respect. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Due respect to what, uh, how important our hormones are in our life. So to define um, perimenopause can typically happen literally as, as early as late thirties um, and really go right up into age 57 or 58. That is the time where your ovaries are starting to make less and fewer of your key hormones like testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, uh, DHEA, um, sometimes thyroid function can get a little off, insulin. So these hormones are really, you know, are important sex hormones and also again, you know, big hormones on our mood and our what's happening with our periods. So during this time of perimenopause, what's happening is our, our hormones are really fluctuating. Some months you may get a normal period, some months you may not. Some months you may get two days of a period and some months you may have a period for three weeks and you're like, what the heck is going on here? And that is your ovaries just aging and your hormones are up and down. One of the first signs, um, Sylvie, that a lot of women notice is that their mood is really off. You know, they're like, I don't feel like myself. I'm angry. I'm irritated. And they're still getting a period every month, but they're, they are noticing that their mood is off. I don't know if you've experienced any of that. Um, not this year. I do remember there was a, a part, a part of my life. It was like three week. It was like a three week, like section. And I was, I was so anxious. Like I couldn't sleep anxious. Like I'd wake up anxious and I'm like, yeah. I have never felt like this before. And I'm like, I, I did so much like to try and control, like, why am I feeling like this is like, I was, yeah. Like, but I think that for me it was, and I think about that and I'm like, what, what's going on is that there was a lot of things out of balance in my life, not inside my life that was, that was causing me to be super anxious and um okay yeah. <laughs> that's my husband he's going off to golf <laughs> perfect Love yeah that's a good that's a good stress release unless you're somebody who gets up tight with golf which i don't but hopefully no that doesn't wednesday nights or golf nights or golf Love days it. with the boys so that means i uh, that's a fun. go out to the restaurant <laughs> Uh, well, that, you got it. So that's the whole thing. Um, you're not alone. I mean, that your anxiety, even though you may have um, identified, you know, still the external factors, which of it course was these on. life things can get in the way. We know that, you know, life happens and, and it can be, and it can cause us stress, but there's also that internal cortisol, our stress hormone, which I'll talk more about at length in a moment, because it's that yeah. But the anxiety, I just want you to know, and for a lot of the women out there, women who have always been very calm and, and overnight become very anxious. And that is hormonal. It is part of what we're talking about. Progesterone is the hormone that is responsible for our mood and calmness. And often progesterone is one of the very first hormones to start to plummet. And in fact, here's a little trivia for you. Many of us, myself included, will develop like a PMS-y type of thing, even if you never had it before. And I'll tell you, it's a quick story, Sylvie, but that's how I got involved with hormones to such a degree. 
when I was about 38 or 39, it was not perimenopausal. I developed PMS overnight, but I didn't know what it was. I, before my period, I started just crying and being anxious and irritated and completely out of character for me. And it literally, I'm telling you, it was frightening because it happened out of the blue. I'm like, who am And because I am a big researcher type, as you know, I found an integrative uh, physician, so a medical doctor who's gone on to study hormones and nutrition. And at the time he was sort of the only one in Canada. I was just going back because I am 61. So we're going back so when I was 39. You look fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. I feel fabulous. I feel fabulous. Um, but he he did some testing and he, he said, your progesterone is down in the toilet like it's all it's almost not there so he gave me a bioidentical hormone which again we'll talk about in a moment it's not for everybody but I started on the wild yam which is a natural progesterone cream and I was a new person a new person I then went along um feeling just normal every month those crying things were gone the irritability I still got a period every month I in fact didn't enter into menopause and the definition of menopause ladies is when you have ceased to have a period for 12 consecutive months so when that date happens you are now officially entered into the phase of life we call menopause, which just means really it's going to be the rest of your life. You are no longer having a period. But until you hit that 12-month consecutive, you are what we say in perimenopause leading up, like the time Mm -hmm. leading up. So it's interesting because um, perimenopause can last for some women 10 years. Um, They can have these hormones fluctuating and it can be really hard because there some women experience the extreme of symptoms like a lot of hot flashes a lot of sleeplessness high stress um irritability no sex drive these things are hard some women experience just one or two or three of those and maybe to a lesser degree so for me i didn't hit menopause until i was just over 56 so i was on the later side of things okay all normal though Late 30s to 57 would be considered 100% normal. So a, a friend of yours might be in full menopause at age 42. She no longer gets a period and that's normal. That's normal for her. And when that happens, that means our ovaries have really stopped making hormones and um, other parts of our body have to kick in. So our adrenal glands, which are two little glands located in your back, area just above your kidneys and they are like a powerhouse they are like super important adrenal glands because they make your cortisol and during menopause they actually make a little bit of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone so we want to look after our adrenal glands because they are that important and if we're maybe you tell me if we want to talk about stress in a moment because that is really it's a huge thing for women, isn't it, Sylvie? Wouldn't you agree? The women, you oh, know. Oh, totally, Camille. So your adrenal glands are in your back. Well, your back area. If you, our, yeah. our body's three dimensional, so you know. Well, I was. I would have thought that they were up near your head. No, no. You know where your kidneys are, kind of yeah. lower back area. Yeah. So your adrenals are kind of sitting just above your kidneys, and so when they're working really hard 
your adrenals in overdrive, mm -hmm. which they often are for women, um, they can press on your kidneys. And for example, that two to 4 a.m. you know, night pee that many of us have is often um, because your adrenals are so busy churning out cortisol, our stress hormone, which it's not supposed to do at night, but it is, that it presses on our kidneys. And we do have to go to the bathroom, but it wakes us up. If our adrenals weren't busy, um, for many of us, we would not be waking up going to the bathroom. <laughs> that is so interesting. Like <laughs> when I was thinking of adrenal glands and like adrenal fatigue and, and like, I was thinking like, this is more of a brain thing, not like a, Actually, like a full body. It's a physical thing. Adrenal, adrenal, adrenal burnout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe, um, maybe this is a good time just to talk for a moment about cortisol and kind of that yeah. cortisol, um, curve. I mean, and let me just ask you a question. I'm curious with your cycling and I know you mm -hmm. get a lot of athletes coming to you and a lot of wanting uh, women who want to learn to cycle in a, mm -hmm. in a group environment, which I so love that you brought women, women together. <coughs> Excuse me. That's, yeah. My throat is doing that today. Um, do you find that women are gravitating to the sport as a stress release? Like they recognize that maybe they want some fun and some community and some accountability of exercise or are they coming for other reasons? Like, I'm curious. Um, the majority, so the majority of the ladies come to our club for the social aspect one, the, um, you know, just having something for themselves to, I guess it would be a release, like to get out of the house, to have something of their own. Um, and I just trying to think of about stresses during the summer when you're outside riding. Like I don't see, like I can see people or women wanting to ride all the time. And they do ride all the time and they figure that they they think they need to ride all the time and make all the 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 um the rides where you know maybe you can touch a little bit on the need to recover and the stress that you're putting on your body when um you know you're already stressed and you're trying to get out for a bike ride um, and the stress you put on yourself to be active maybe that's one of the leading okay. things that us women put on ourselves because um we are going to talk like you mentioned we we're going to talk about strength training but and how that's better than cardio but um you know the stress of having to get out there and get your workout in whether it's a bike or a run or a swim um and how much that can cause your body because i see women overdoing it all the time mm. and um and they're just so tired, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. fatigued, like I'm so tired. You know, I'm like, well, when was the last day, time you had a day off, you know, or, yeah. you know, why do you need to do two sports in one day if, you know, but I understand if you're a triathlete, that's what you do, right? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not knocking on triathletes, but you guys are pretty bad sometimes. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you raised those are really important um, points to to um, integrate, and I think will be of, of value and interest for your mm -hmm. you know, listenership. So the best way I think to understand that, and then 
I guess my goal, and I know yours is too, Sylvie, to, is ladies, is to take this information and apply it, you know, where it fits for your own life, you know, and let it guide you accordingly. You know where your stress level is. You know, I often ask women on a scale of, you know, one to 10, let's just rate your usual daily stress level. One mm -hmm. being I'm totally chill and yeah. you know, calm as can be. 10 is plus, you know, I'm over the, over the top. I can feel my stress level is so high. And I often, Sylvie, have women be an eight, nine or a 10. And then I get the ones who say, oh, 10, I'm 25. Like, can't, <laughs> I, be, can't I be 25 or 30? Because so but let me, um, let me just go back and explain cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And the reason I'm going to spend um, ladies some time on this is because cortisol is what we refer to in the hormone world as a foundation hormone. What does that mean? It means that when cortisol is out of balance, it literally affects every other hormone. So naturally it's logical. If we were to start working on only one hormone that we want to focus on, cortisol is the one we want to focus on because until we get that cortisol balanced, um, it doesn't really matter what we do for the other ones. Does that make sense? Sylvie? Like yeah. it's, it's a foundation hormone. It's the key. And I, yeah. I really want to emphasize that. And I know we talk a lot about stress and, you know, it kills you and literally it can and the heart disease that can come from it, by the way, that's from inflammation that cortisol can cause. So Cortisol is not bad though. Our stress hormone is actually there for a really good reason. And normally in a well-functioning balanced body, what happens is you wake up and we call this your cortisol curve. Your cortisol is coming up. It's a good thing. It gives you energy, gives you focus. It gives you that joie de vie. Cortisol is that, whew, here I am, you know? So you're in the morning, cortisol is going up, starts to peak around midday slowly starts to come down in the afternoon in an ideal world and by evening our cortisol is back down and it stays fairly low and mm -hmm. allows us to sleep at night because we're not stimulated now right and, um, then in the morning it comes back up again well what happens for many of us and we'll focus on women because it is way worse for women I find most of the time is their stress level they've got again all these outside stressors as we talked about financial relationships kids work parents you know pressure to be like we, we know as women, we have a tremendous amount of pressure um, on us. And so for many of us, our cortisol levels are continually higher and higher and higher where they don't come down, Sylvie. So instead of being down, they're just up all the time, 24-7. Yeah. And after a while, we can keep up with that for a while. But after a while, we can't. And our adrenal glands, so we'll circle back to those glands that are so important. They're busy churning out cortisol. That's where it comes from. As our body is demanding it in order mm -hmm. to somehow stay in balance, our adrenals are trying really hard to keep up. And if we don't intervene and fix that, um, what happens is our adrenals do get tired. We, we call it adrenal fatigue. They, you just start to get worn down. So instead of cortisol stimulating you, Mm -hmm. Your adrenals are saying, I'm just, I can't keep doing this. I just can't keep it up. And so now that fatigue starts to set in and it becomes a vicious circle. And women, I know many women, I'm sure you do too, that will just, I can push through this. I can push through mm -hmm. it, you know? Yeah. 
and then you're, you become exhausted. Now, the whole thing is we don't want it to get to that point. When you get to that point where you're actually so exhausted and your adrenals are burnt out or overworked and stressed, it can take a lot of effort to get your adrenals back on track. So my wish and goal is that you ladies take this information and, and nip this in the bud. Like, let's get mm -hmm. balanced long before you get to that point and let's help your friends do that too. I mean, this is the kind of information you want to spread out there to, to your friends. So I guess the next logical question is how? <laughs> <laughs> well, how yeah. So that's that? the question. Cause sometimes I go to bed and like, I guess you're, if your your cortisol levels are high, your heart rate would be high, right? Can be, it can, can be. be. Yeah. So, that's and the where, anxiety can come from that. Yeah. Too. So that's where I kind of like, I feel that Camille, like I, sometimes I go to bed, my heart rate's racing and I'm like, Oh, that means that I'm overly anxious and I, I can't calm down enough to actually fall asleep. Like you're like, like the, the, the hamster is rolling. And so I either have to like read or look at something funny or you know, or, or massage my legs. Cause usually that's massaging my legs calms everything down. But I know like, that's sort of like one of those triggers for me. Yeah. Um, and, it's a and if I don't get a good night's sleep, it, yeah. it becomes a vicious circle. Sleep yeah. is so important. Restorative mm -hmm. deep sleep is key. Yeah. And if cortisol is interfering with your deep sleep or your ability to get that sleep, which for, that's for, for many women, that's the case. Yeah. Um, it does. It becomes, it's just gets, it's the hamster wheel thing. It just becomes worse and worse. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, we get closer and closer to that burnout and that's what we don't, don't want to have. I'll give one quick tip um, right now, which is magnesium glycinate. I share that with oh, yeah. most women that I know. And Honestly, without exaggerating, I'm going to tell you that 90% of women will notice a significant improvement in their sleep, in the restless legs, Sylvie, in mm. their, because, and I want it to be specifically magnesium glycinate because magne there's many different types of magnesium and we tend to be quite deficient in this very important mineral. We in fact call magnesium the master mineral and probably 75% of the population is deficient in magnesium. And in fact, when I had my own blood work done, I asked them to test vitamin C, magnesium, zinc, vitamin D, all really important uh, to find out what your levels are. And lo and behold, I had low magnesium. And I always say, you know, I'm pretty on top of this stuff. So yeah. if I have low magnesium, Chances are you do, but magnesium <laughs> glycinate is well absorbed and a lot of other magnesiums are not. Some magnesiums can cause diarrhea, loose stools. We don't want that. Some magnesiums mm -hmm. aren't well absorbed. Anyway, magnesium glycinate readily available at any health store. Perfect. Getting some tonight. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, mm -hmm. you start with 200 milligrams. You can go up to 600 milligrams at bedtime, but Truly, a lot of women really notice deeper sleep, better mood, less restless leg sort of thing. And it can make it just as something that's really natural and, and good for us. And you can also take magnesium glycinate 200 milligrams during the day. And it, it okay. won't be sleepy per se, but it will help with your mood. 
and mm-hmm. again help with you know muscle relaxation like that sort of thing so that's just a little tip um but how else do we balance cortisol because this is so important and and uh sylvie mentioned it at the very beginning one of the big draws for me using the isogenics um, superfood nutrition is that several of their products have adaptogens and if you don't know what adaptogens are they are actually fairly well-known plants and mushrooms um, all found in nature been used for you know centuries they say but like rhodiola shilajit ashwagandha is a very popular mm-hmm. one you may have heard of that one um there's some rishi mushrooms there's some mushrooms that fall into the into the category but adaptogens these plants are shown to allow the body to adapt to both physical and mental stress so athletes have long adaptogens before we realized that not just physically it but it works on you know the 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 mental um stress they really do balance cortisol and a lot i I actually have some here there you go and you know (laughs) what you know why that is so great sylvie it doesn't have just one adaptogen because a lot Mm -hmm. of you know people go you buy one you buy two it has the key i believe it's eight the key eight ones plus super botanicals, um, yeah. lots of B vitamins. So it's B12. almost like 12. It's almost like a really great mineral drink that with these adaptogens that it's like, it just allows that cortisol to get balanced. And that's what mm-hmm. we want. So I highly recommend I'm speak to Sylvie about getting started on that. It's economical and it works. Yeah. I actually use that Camille sometimes at night before bed. And how do you find that works for you? Because I know it's different for different people. It's different for me, different times. Sometimes it works really brilliant. Like it just helps. When I first started using it, I could feel my body like just calm, like just like it's kind of like falling into your body. I could feel like, oh, but now like I've I used it last night and um, it I don't even remember falling asleep, but I did wake up at 1230 to pee and I wake up at 1230 every freaking night to pee. Like, I don't think that's my adrenal glands. I try to stop drinking like before eight o'clock so that I don't have to pee. But, um, but yeah, every night, I think maybe one night in a couple of weeks, I actually slept through the whole night. But peeing, I'm like, I look at my clock, uh, look at 12.30. Are you able to go back to sleep? Oh, yeah, I can fall asleep, no problem. Well, that's not the end of the world. (laughs) No, I know it's not. You may find the magnesium can help, you know, give that deeper sleep. We tend to have deep sleep at the very beginning of our sleep cycle. Yeah. That also may be when you, I don't know what time you go to bed, but that may be when you're coming out of your deep sleep. Yes, yes, that could be because I do go to bed at 1030 and it's right on track because that's that that 90 minute kind of window. And plus, I would remember I was telling you, Camille, about the restless legs, but I've had restless legs, but I've never had burning restless legs Mm. since the summer. And so when I wake up, it's almost like a trigger that my legs start burning and I have to literally stretch. So I'm like leaning over my bed, like stretching my calves 
and my quads. Oh, and that and wakes you up more, of course. No, I try and keep my eyes closed. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, <Of course> <laughs> but, or I'll go downstairs and I'll literally use the, the roller on my legs, but I'm still really tired. And the thing is that if I can ease that burning in my legs, then I will go back to sleep. If I can't, mm. it'll keep me up. So that's kind of like, this almost stupid nightly tradition. I'm like, oh my God, I got to stop this. Um, what is this all about? You know, like I ride every day or every other day. This shouldn't be happening. You know, I work out like, what is this? So I'm well, like, that's why Camille, you need to talk to us. My guess, <laughs> my guess without having seen any blood work is you are deficient in magnesium. Um, that can cause that and again 75 percent of people men and women are deficient in, in this important mineral so mm. wouldn't it be amazing if a simple fix could really make a big difference with that wouldn't it yeah so i'm completely yeah i'm completely open to this and like i have a little list of things to do today since my husband's not here and get getting food is one <laughs> our fridge is actually broken but i'm not going to talk about that um but going to the drugstore and getting yeah. some of this um will will be on me and sometimes you'll find in the in the stores or the health store or the drugstore it'll go by magnesium by glycinate that's the same that thing so don't be thrown right. off by that it's exactly the same thing but you specifically it should say mm -hmm. Glycinate. Okay. So everybody, ladies, if you're listening to this and you're feeling the same pain I'm in, then let's all get this and report back to Yeah, each other. I'd love to hear. <laughs> I love yeah. to hear the feedback. And again, it's not going to work for everybody. Every person is unique mm -hmm. and different, of course. But um, I'm gonna say by far the majority uh notice a difference. So that's that's one thing. The adaptogens I can't say enough mm -hmm. about. And I do believe in value for your dollar. So you really do want to look at, I would, I both use and recommend that Isogenics Ionic Supreme because mm -hmm. of the quality of the product and it, it gives the results. There's some other products um, that Isogenics has that also has adaptogens. So for someone who's really stressed, we can use an adaptogen elixir where really all that's in it is adaptogens. I look at that for more the person who's super stressed. I'm going to have them drink for a week, two of those bottles a day. They're like single dose bottles. And oh, okay. getting, you know, you're just getting the full dose of the key, key adaptogens. The beauty of this, Sylvie, is when you start to balance your cortisol, you notice it almost immediately. Like it's, it's not that it's a quick fix, but you do start to notice it. And of course, I know you um, also recommend and, and we promote lifestyle things mm -hmm. I mean, and i know Huge. we've all heard it but we have there's no question if you can start and or end your day with a few moments of meditation if you don't like the word medicate meditation <laughs> medication, medication. <laughs> yeah not medication no. no i'm not for that. <laughs> um but you know if you don't like that word meditation just call it quiet time that's all it is or it's walking like, they're walking. Oh, walking is completely underestimated. Would you agree? Yes. We, I went for a walk at lunch with my husband. I'm like, Hey, do you want to go for, a... and you know, that's one of the nice things about working at home. Well, the, yeah, the nice things about working at home. I mean, you should be making time to get out of your saddle, like out of the seat, like 
I might right. Yeah. We also, so we went for a while. Working in an office. Most people mm -hmm. still get a break here and there and getting out for a walk or when you finish work. Um, you know, I know a lot of women who feel, oh, I'm not a runner. I don't, you know, I don't want to do this. Yeah. But a 45 minute walk is not only good for us physically, but it's, it's a relaxant, you know, and just breathing in nature too. Like I find nature, that that's air. Big. And let's just yeah. talk about breathing for a moment, you know, oh. having some deep breaths several times a day ladies you would be shocked at how many of us myself included that never breathe deeply we can go all day all week without i mean let's just take a second right now and let's all breathe in to the count of four like breathe in right into your belly and now huge exhale mm. you do that three times you can feel it in your brain better you are right yeah like and it's instant and we all have that at our power too and that's going to help lower our cortisol that's going to help us feel you know take that me moment where you feel a little more in charge because one of the reasons Sylvie that I've observed in my counseling practice over the last um, year or two with COVID oh. is that living with the uncertainty that we all across the board you know there's varying degrees I recognize but that level of uncertainty has been at, at a level that is unprecedented in our society. We, we, mm -hmm. where we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what our government was doing. We didn't know what this virus is doing. Mm -hmm. And that level of uncertainty also, our, our fight or flight, you know, syndrome, which we all learned in high school, that mm -hmm. is our cortisol and our adrenaline and those things coming into play. So these lifestyle hacks, are actually really important because they do put us in control. And the whole thing um, psychologically with uncertainty is we feel that outside events are controlling us and that we don't have the ability to control what's happening to us. And that causes the anxiety and cortisol to be worse. So we want to look at things that we can do every day. And I'll say as an aside, this is an important tip to teach your kids. Um, what are the things that I can do that are within my control? Mm. Deep breathing a few times a day is going for a walk, um, introducing the strength training, which we'll mention in a moment. Yeah. Some of these things, they're all within our control. We can do that. And they do help us feel um, more that we're in the driver's seat of what's happening to us. And that's really important to lower all these things and to feel that our hormones aren't ruling us, right? That yeah. we actually have it under our control. I think also being social media has created a lot more mm -hmm. stress. I feel it. And I, it's one of those things that, and it's another reason why I got a job outside the house that was not related to social media like we didn't mention this but um yeah i just wanted to get away from it and i don't know if it's a gen x kind of thing because we grew up without it and we survived really nicely and then you know in our 30s oh no sorry 20s we were introduced to the phone the, and you know the full-on computer and all that stuff and then it just escalated from there and either like you know, maybe I appreciate like some people have just gravitated that they just love it and they're just so, uh, you know, um, addicted to it. But I, I 
just want to get away from so much now. Um, and uh, because it, it is a big controller and it, it drives a lot of stress, like because you have to be um, part of it for, you know, being social and clubs and groups and, mm. and all these things, um, responding, building your business, like, um, so I don't know, I was a fan, but I, it's just, and I find that that stresses me so much. So it's nice to get away on my bike or do something else that is not, um, you know, and, and feeling the need to, you know, document everything that you're doing. Right. It's just, it's. So I love that though, Sylvie. Um, we yeah. should about, like you, so what you did is you took the pressure off yourself. Yeah. What you're saying, and I agree with you, is there's all this pressure, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, you're in business for yourself, mm -hmm. all this pressure to, I love what you said, document your life. Um, but it can be completely overwhelming. And we also know there's the element of all this comparison out there. Yeah. Everybody's documenting their life. And we know darn well it's not accurate. Like, let's be, yeah. come on. Um, mm -hmm. I actually don't filter pictures, but I know a lot of people who spend considerable amount of time filtering their pictures that's so much pressure so I guess it's finding how do you find that balance so Sylvie because I know you are an entrepreneur and you do have to communicate with your groups and um and that sort of thing so how do you find the balance oh my gosh Camille that is like the question of the century it's mm -hmm. like you know um I've heard like, and I'm not one of those yet. Like, well, shit, let's just say we've all been in the same, you know, maybe mentorship groups or mastermind groups, and it comes down to managing time um, as per what you do. Um, and I'm not a good one to do it. I manage, I manage time for other things. Uh. <laughs> that I, you know, that I feel are really important, like getting on my bike, working out, doing little projects around that I enjoy. But one of the things I, you know, that I know that I need to do is like doing reels and doing stories and like being, you know, like being the happy person that everybody wants to follow and be like and emulate. And I'm just, oh my gosh, you know, and I know like people want to see the other side, but I'm mean, like, you know, and that takes up time away from things that I want to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just very honest of you, though. Thank you. You probably just well, made a it lot does. of people, including myself, feel better. <laughs> you know, like I would go up, like to go upstairs and work on a puzzle over doing stories. You know what I mean? Like things like that or go out and and, um, you know, garden over doing some stories that might help build my business or like po promote my podcast or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so yeah. all these things sit undone because I'm trying to do this and I'm not doing it effective. And you know what I mean? It's like that, that hamster reel that I just want to fucking get off of. And that's well, why and now, now what <laughs> everybody, did you hear that? It's a hamster wheel. I want to get off. Of. I just want to ride my bike and garden. <laughs> but what you're describing is, is really real and, yeah. and in that's what our life was and that's right? where your cortisol level because you get <gasps> do you feel it <laughs> yeah. i'm having a hot flash right now that's right that's right it's you, you know women having pressure. fans is like i think i'm going to become one of those get myself a little hand fan 
Yeah, people do. <laughs> Keep the temperature low. Uh, so you brought you brought it out. I'm like, uh, you know, so I'm more than a real church. You know, getting yeah. you back where you make the decision. How much social media do I really have? Like, there's an element that you probably have to do. Mm-hmm. What what is that? And how do I make that easier? And then it's taking that pressure off yourself of being sort of the social media queen. I mean, there's lots of those out there. Do do you need to be one? Do I need to be one? Maybe no. not. Maybe not. Like, I'm just going to drink all of go. this right now. Drink, drink the eye off. <laughs> drink my eye <laughs> When I feel stressed like this, I do go and chug away at the ionics. Yeah. Then I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> feel more. So big, big there's a, uh, there is, yeah. Well, that's a good segue into also some um, other nutritional things that we can do yeah. to have hormones because um another aspect of cortisol that is very frustrating i'm personally not very um weight conscious meaning i don't think too much about weight i do think Mm -hmm. much more in terms of how do i feel how do i feel when i get out of bed in the morning i have Mm -hmm. to play a lot of tennis i know you cycle a lot how do i perform how do i feel when i'm playing a hard two hours of tennis, you know, well, how does my body feel? So I like to judge it that way, but cortisol is also affecting our ability to have a stable, um, maintain a stable, you know, body fat, uh, lean muscle. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's another aspect of stress that I think it's important for women to understand. And a lot of women will come to me and I know to you, Sylvie, mm-hmm. talk about this unexplained um, belly fat, this middle body fat that just settles on them during the perimenopause into menopause. And I'm going to say it's, so again, not being fixated on weight, but it's darn frustrating. Oh no. It's like overnight. I'm like, well, so again, cortisol, I want to go back to cortisol. Cortisol is often not always, but often the culprit behind that. And when our cortisol levels are high, we could virtually starve ourselves, which I don't advocate. Um, <laughs> we will not lose weight. The cortisol yeah. won't allow you to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And then you interplay that with insulin issues, which can often happen during this time too. Insulin is controlling our blood sugar and our estrogen. Also, our, our estrogen levels are really fluctuating a lot during the mm-hmm. pause time. So all of those things can contribute to that frustrating belly fat. So the answer, number one, getting the cortisol balance. I'm going to keep saying that over and over because it's that important. But um, again, one of the things I love about the Isogenics products is we have a cleanse drink that's based on an organic aloe vera amongst other, um, yes, you're doing a cleanse day. You can use Mm -hmm. it to support intermittent fasting, which can be of benefit to some women, not to all. I'll come back to that in a moment. But these cleanse days are working on actually pulling the toxins out of the body. And around that middle body, our um, organs are often encapsulated by body fat, trying to protect our organs from the excess toxins. So when we drink this powerful cleanse drink, that's actually very soothing to the gut, we're literally pulling those toxins out, which in turn allows the body fat to come down. If we're balancing the cortisol, Sylvia, at the same time, 
women will find that that middle body, visceral body fat, we call it, will actually come off. And so that's a big relief for a lot of women because that's not what they want. You know, they don't want mm. to be going around with that. Kind of, and it's also, frankly, it's dangerous body fat because yeah. it is fat that is around our organs. So it is important to try to address it. So that would be another component that I think of nutrition that's very important. Mm -hmm. And the third um, prong would be the shakes. Now I'm all for really good food, but I love what our athlete friend, Stephen Bentley says, you know, mm -hmm. the shakes are like nutritional insurance. Um, yeah. You're a busy mom. I know lots of women are super busy and it's not always easy to get that really high quality balanced nutrition two and three times a day, which is what we need. So yeah. if you can have a perfectly balanced shake that is actually going to build your lean muscle, which is really important as we get older um, and, and support with all the micro trace minerals and all that, guess what? I'm in. I want to start my day with that shake so that I know I'm starting off every day with like a powerhouse of the right nutrients mm -hmm. and then I can eat and kind of go the rest of the day. And maybe I have another shake. Maybe I eat a few, a couple more meals, but I know at least I'm getting that in. And so I think those three prongs, I like to call it the hormone trifecta, you know, cleansing out the toxins of the middle body, balancing the cortisol, and then getting the great nutrition mm -hmm. in make a huge difference do you want to talk oh. for a few moments i know um i don't know how much longer we have but i oh, know we lots of time okay um i i have till 2 30. <laughs> okay <laughs> all right well i want to just um uh just re like sort of reinforce what you're saying about those shakes and that's something that uh i do every day especially um now that i'm working outside the house um, I bring them with me and as a server, like that's the job I took, um, it's just close to me. It like, I so enjoy it. Like I'm so enjoy it. Like you have no idea. I ride my bike there. Oh, I meet people. I hustle. I make some money and, um, and Camille, I make like a super shake before I go to this, to my shift, because when you start, you don't stop. Yeah. Like, even though you're supposed to take a break, like I don't buy the food there because I know when that starts, starts, that's gonna, um, so I make the shake and it honestly carries me a long time because I don't just make the shake. Like I have, so I know I have all my nutrients in there and I add peanut butter. I add a banana, I add oats mm. and it, and it becomes like this super meal. Like, yeah. And, um, and I do that before my long rides too. Like, it's just a powerhouse of food and I just absolutely love it. And, um, you're really fueling mm -hmm. your body. And, and I want to add to that, what you're also doing, which I think is brilliant, Sylvie, is you're feeding your brain chemistry. So part of our yeah. thing with hormones and stuff is, is also balancing out our serotonin and our dopamine, which are really important brain chemistry chemicals. And when you put a, a really good quality amino acids, which are the mm. building blocks for protein, yeah, not only builds our, again, our lean muscle, but it's brain food. And so what you've just, you know, in your job, like you have to be on, you have yeah. to chatting with people, but it sounds like it's a real cortisol buster too. Balance. Oh, totally. Like I am on a high. I like, love it. 
Yeah. And I, and you know, I went there and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't served in like decades. Like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I, how is this? The, honestly, the first couple hours, Camille, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this job. And I'm like, Sylvie, like you've survived tree planting. How can you not serve, you know, like yeah, survive yeah. A, a shift? I was, I was just like, and then my girlfriend, Linda is the manager there. I'm like, I can't let Linda down. Like if I quit, she would never like, you know what I mean? Like, so honestly, the first couple hours, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't like walk with beers and, and shit like that. Like, like on the, you know, like those girls. But I am now those that girl, you know, the big tray and everything. But, um, but let's let's dive into um, just I know you have your we have a little bit more time with you. The aging athlete, and we were talking about how cardio, because we're a cyclist. Let's just talk about cardio here. Cyclist is uh, cycling or any type of cardio. Excessive cardio is not going to get the results you're looking for. And I know that that's why, like, I, I added, I did not do weight training for such a long time. And I added it back three years ago. And um, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, great, great conversation topic for sure, because there's a misnomer, I'd say, mm-hmm. out there that is, you know, I, I think slowly getting um, recognition that it's not true. And that is that more cardio, the better you know, burn calories, burn body fat, drop body fat. How do I do it? Cardio, cardio. I've seen people, I used to be, have a gym membership. I now go in where I live has a beautiful gym. I'm very fortunate, but I would see um, men and women, you know, on the elliptical an hour and 20 minutes or they're on the bike. You know, I've, I've done a whole circuit of what I'm doing with weights and I've done my 10 minute warm up, and they're still on the bike. And, you know, they're reading the paper and they're cycling away. So they've bought into that misnomer. And what we know, particularly as we get older, is research is now showing that the longer cardio is um, jacking up our inflammation. And I spoke a little bit about inflammation in relation to heart disease. And the thing is, inflammation, we know, is really the basis of really all degenerative diseases. Um, all the things that can happen to us as we get older that sometimes we accept as inevitable, they're not inevitable. So if we can control the inflammation, that's key because inflammation is, for example, behind what's plaque. When plaque starts to fill up our arteries, it's why, I hate to say it, a lot of long distance runners, as we know, have unfortunately, sadly, dropped dead of massive heart attacks. They're you see what they plate. eat to keep them going? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So I want to, I want to liberate everybody and say, you know, some cardio, yes, because we need, we want our hearts to be strong. We want stamina. Um, I want to be able to run around a tennis court. So I have to push myself a little bit. So doing the high intensity training for 20 minutes at a time, Sylvia, I know you've spoken Mm -hmm. another call that we did 20 to 30 minutes max of alternating with high intensity what a minute minute and a half 90 seconds with a, a, a slower time for a couple of minutes doing that sort of thing for 20 minutes is going to be enough cardio and isn't going to jack up your inflammation and the other key thing is back to our adrenal glands being so busy working making all these hormones with our cortisol out of balance and everything 
our adrenal glands do not like inflammation. So we, we put more stress as women on our bodies when we then go this, do this long cardio. And instead of being a stress release, which is often why we get into exercise, oh, I need mm-hmm. to, oh, I got to release my stress. It in fact is doing the opposite because it's, it's making your adrenal glands not work as much. So there, there's a balance. And I love that Sylvie and I both agree on this. I would love you all to listen to your body, really learn to be in tune to your body and be okay with listening and doing what your body's telling you, you know, um, you know, when something doesn't feel right, I think for most of us, and it's important to just tap into that. And some days maybe you do, you do no cardio. You know, and that's where the weight training, my goodness, I learned from you, Sylvie, weight training can be so fast. You can do yeah. a speedy. I think of you actually, when I only have like literally <laughs> 15 minutes, I can do an upper body workout so fast now. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me feel strong. I'm, I definitely am seeing the difference. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. And sometimes I, like literally I'm doing it for 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14 minutes and that's it. So that fits in my life. And so, so Camille, how do you explain the longer endurance rides? Because I love going out for hundred K rides and, um, and then you got the endurance athletes and, and how does that all fit in? Cause I know somebody's thinking it, they're like, well, I love going out for long rides. Um, yeah. And you know what? Uh, again, I respect what people choose to do. My own son lives in the mountains and he goes for the, you know, what a lot of, I know you do. And uh, he goes for, you know, two and three hours mm-hmm. longer and loves it. So I think that's a choice. I, I just want people to be aware. Um, yeah. If you're going to do that, your inflammation level will be higher. So you want to combat it. Right. So then we're back to how do I do that? and enjoy it and now I have to combat it which is make sure you're eating good anti-inflammatory foods make sure you're hydrating like crazy really properly make sure you've got adaptogens as part of your day-to-day support you know and make sure during that long ride that you're fueling properly and I think Mm. that's your area okay yeah how would you suggest people fuel properly for that well, if that's the case, because I'm like, you know, we got the endurance rides, the longer rides, like, I would assume that, you know, to re to be able to control inflammation from the exercise you just did, whether it's low intensity, or maybe it's a higher intensity, is that you do have all these factors in place, and you take their appropriate recovery time after the fact so that you don't continue building on the inflammation and not dealing with it. And then you got the cortisol levels and the adrenal glands and everything else playing in. Yeah. So, I mean, I am whole foods. I don't eat a whole lot of sugar when I do that. So, um, insulin levels aren't super spiked with that, those types of foods. Like when I ride, I've seen a lot of cyclists, and I've been told um, mm-hmm. that a lot of these gel packs that are yeah. fueling are really high in sugars, yeah. which is going to jack up your inflammation. So what do you suggest as an alternative? 
Well, I so I always start with my shake. So I'm I'm off to a good start. Yeah. Right off the bat. And then I have I'll either carry with me like sweet potato or I'll make take a bagel and peanut butter. Um, depending on how long I go, um, a bar will be thrown in there. Um, I've made um, different um, types of rice snacks, like rice cubes, mm. where um, yeah. also um, like uh, you can, I do, I have these uh, squeezable pouches. It's just like the kids that eat the applesauce out of these pouches. They're reusable. So I've created some recipes where you can, you can put like a mashed uh, sweet potato mix in there with peanut butter Oh, and, and drink it like, and just, you know, Oh my, you know, I would say suck on it, but like drink it out of these yeah, little packs. Yeah. So you, and you imagine how many calories are in there. Like sweet potato is one of the leading, you know, superfoods for like high endurance, yeah. like energy and, and everything. And I'm like, Oh, everybody should be eating sweet potatoes and but, they um, taste good and they taste good um and yeah you don't have to worry about some people like to do straight potatoes but then you have to add salt and like butter and all this to make it palatable to get down <sighs> anyways that's not me um so i've created i actually have um a little recipe book of cycling snacks that i've been, i've tested and oh, okay. um, you can get a free download for that if anybody cares. You can go to um, Ask Coach Sylvie and you can get a free download of that. Um, oh. And uh, and so I've been really experimenting with making snacks. Like I'm not super good at it. I'm not consistent, but, um, and you can freeze them and use them. So like, you know, stuff with dates and, um, figs and um nuts things like that so that's I what that. i bring you're right there's I, i'd love to get your download um for sure i yeah. also know that um i make sometimes when i'm motivated which i really should because i love them <laughs> i know protein i'm like balls. i think i should be doing you know, that but little protein balls with almond butter yeah and mm -hmm. shake powder for the protein like you said the nuts and i just roll them and they take so good and they're yeah. satisfying and they mm -hmm. are for you and it's what i like is there's enough protein in them that they're sustainable sustaining yeah. meaning your energy level doesn't plummet and that's really mm -hmm. what we're after is to not jack up our blood sugar right yeah and, and to eat yeah and to eat consistently when you're out like you have to eat consistently because you never want to feel a drop in your energy because then it's just too late yeah you know um so it's being aware of what you're doing not push the distance and and uh be able to um you know uh feel yourself ac accordingly and a lot of people are like um aren't good at eating while they're biking same with cycle uh, same with drinking while yeah. you're biking oh yeah and then there's electrolytes but um so that's something that needs to be practiced yeah um, because you can't just wait for the coffee shop or wait for somebody to stop or wait, wait, wait. You have to be able to fuel yourself as you're going or else you are going to have a, you're going to, if you're in a group ride, you're going to cause a lot of safety issues if you have to stop because you just bonked, right? And then everybody else has to stop and then we all have to wait. And then mm. that, that, that creates other safety issues down the road because we sit we eat, we drink our stuff, and then we still have to continue 
um, had that happen actually. Um, so it's, so it's, it's about managing your own self. And if you have to put a timer on your watch, do it. Yeah. Um, well, I yeah. guess that's the kind of thing that you teach in your group. Mm -hmm. I do. Really, I mean, those kind of tips I wouldn't have thought of that makes actually perfect sense. Yeah. And that's also in turn going to be a lot better for your cortisol yeah and your hormones if you are fueling regularly and thank you Yay. So. yeah so i think that's how to answer your original question i think mm -hmm. that's how you can make those endurance runs uh ride and and whatever else you'd like to do work for you and also being really cognizant of having the rest days you know yeah. our bodies do need especially if you're pushing hard and if you're lifting um, you know, higher weights and, and pushing your body in that we need the rest days, we need the recovery days. And I think as women, um, we have to learn to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. and, not, and not be judgy, you know, of ourselves and others. Oh, you know, why I don't, I, I don't deserve a rest day, or I'm being lazy, or I don't, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I guilty. We have a lot That's of the messages. biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. So I think but, it's important. Yeah, and just to touch before we go, the weight training part, because that was another thing, weight training, you know, builds muscle, helps endurance, reduces fatigue, recovery, all that, which I know not a lot of very few people um, will take the time outside their cycling to incorporate some weight training. Yeah, and it's, um, it's so important. And I, again, I've learned a lot of that from you, Sylvie, but I also do know that that we lose lean muscle as we mm -hmm. get older. That's a fact. And so we want to be, we must not want to be, we must do weight training in mm -hmm. order to put that lean muscle back on. And we also need quality, quality proteins regularly in our yeah. day um, in order to build that lean muscle mass. And if you yeah. think about it in the aging process, as we get further up there into your late sixties and seventies and eighties and onward, um, we all know sort of, we see those frail older people. Mm -hmm. Well, if you, the studies are very clear, even an 80 year old who is lifting weights, they are going to put on lean muscle if they're feeling yeah properly with protein and that means you're not going to break your bones in the same way it means and i want to put a little plug in for especially for your cyclists and for all women which is uh stretching yoga oh yeah yoga i added that too not very much but it doesn't take very much it doesn't honestly. mobility is key and as a tennis mm -hmm. player i can't oh. i mean mobility's really important that yeah. i laterally and that I can stop and start and it's hard on the body so yeah. I have to say stretching has become um intentional stretching has become an integral part of my day-to-day -day life it's also mm -hmm. quite relaxing you know you're, yeah. you're holding your stretch for 30 seconds and um you do respond really fast everyone like yeah I have runner friends who you know they can barely put their fingers <laughs> their knees they're so tight and yeah. when they start incorporating a basic stretching routine, honestly, within, I don't know, a week or 10 days, they're, they're seeing wild improvements yeah. um, in their flexibility and their mobility. So I think it's not to say and put pressure on anybody that you need to do all these things. Yeah, I know. It's like, how do I fit it all in? That's like, right. Oh my God. I don't want you to be overwhelmed because each of these things <laughs> we're telling you is less time. Yeah. You know, weights are 15 minutes. 
cardio yeah. maybe is 20, but we're talking three times a week. You don't need mm -hmm. to do it more than that. Flexibility is probably the one that you do want to do every day. And you can do that while you watch TV. I know. We could right? all be doing more things while we watch TV. It's <laughs> you true. can lift weights if you want. It's do your true. yoga. Mm -hmm. So Anyway, I think we've covered a lot of Yes, we've covered a Sylvie. lot. <laughs> It's been great. Thank you so much. I hope our listeners, um, you ladies and gentlemen, have uh, uh, got taken a lot of uh, good tidbits from us, uh, maybe taken some notes. I know I'm going to get my magnesium by glycolate. I hope I get the right thing. You will. <laughs> and, and, and start putting that to use because like, dang, I would love to sleep through a night. Um, but great? I do, I do wake up rested and I am watching my sleep, but so, um, and yeah, thank you so much. I think, um, you know, I don't know. Can you talk about menopause right now, but can you talk on men? Yeah. And yeah. Andropause we call it, but yeah. Andropause. Okay. So maybe what we'll do is of course we'll do something for the men. Sure. Um, we'll bring Camille back and we'll talk and she can just talk all about, um, what do you call it? Menopause. Andropause. Andropause. Well, somebody said menopause, but we're just yeah, but it's, it's not the same as as women, but there no. it's, it's still definitely a hormonal shift. So yeah. we should talk about it. We don't. I think in um, yeah, very few men think that they go have hormones. Like, remember we talked? I'm like, what do you mean men have hormones? Exactly. Men have hormones. So we should be talking about them. So I would love to have you back, and we will talk about men's hormones my a lot of we got Let's men we listen to the podcast regularly and uh so i think that's essential well thanks Bye. so much camille i love see i learn a lot from her with regards to and i love coming here and having her talk and and really explain things so that we can all understand that's another love thing thank you so, i'm glad thanks, thanks camille happy. have an amazing day everyone and don't forget to Follow the podcast wherever it is that you listen and maybe give us a review on this podcast. That would be awesome. Take care, everyone. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, Sylvie. Bye. All right, friends. Well, there you have it. That was an amazing chat with Camille. I mean, sometimes we just talk about so many things in our episodes that it's hard to nail down the one thing, but as women, uh, the end of our conversation, we were talking about cardio and how you can do everything right during your ride so that you're, you don't, you do not throw your hormones out of balance. Cause there are so many women who ride, 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 but never feel good. And they do it out of stress and doing out of need, or maybe it's like you're trying to follow everybody or FOMO of not getting on your bike like everybody else. But getting on the bike is one thing. Is doing everything right around the bike is another. So meaning the nutrition, the sleep, the um, recovery, um, uh, maybe we didn't touch on um, the aging athlete with regards to training, but that's not what this was about. I highly recommend going and listening to 
this three-part series that I did with Joe Friel about over the aging athlete that and get his book because that touches on the training part about how to train properly as an aging athlete where more is not better intensity is better than adding the intensity is over long endurance or long endurance with your intensity but it is so key to really sit down and look at what you're doing to make sure that you're doing it right and if you're feeling a certain way then odds are there's some um improvements to be made would you not agree and figuring out what they are and if you need someone to help you out please reach out to me i coach a lot of men and women and i have room for a couple more clients yes i coach um drop me a message on instagram or uh take my email off of the uh, show notes and fire me off an email because sometimes it's just things you can't see that you're doing that I can pick out. And usually a lot of times that's the case. Um, so with that, have yourself an amazing rest of your day and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow as Coach Sylvie. And this is Friday, your coaching segment. We are going to talk about um, how to lose that extra 5, 10 pounds, right? Maybe you got on the bike and you're like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do to lose weight. Well, before we get into it, I have four different things that we're going to talk about. But before we get into all those things that's going to help you lose 5, 10 plus pounds, let's just say what an amazing episode that was with Jenny True. Oh my God, I love that girl. I uh, just had to say that. And also a big shout out that she, it was her birthday on that day. And um, now, oh, dang, I wanted to shout out to a guy that I raced with, excuse me, I raced with last weekend at the uh, Gravel Cup Canada. And he was riding in our little Peloton group at the front of the 40K. Now he wasn't able to, um, he kind of stuck with us. Yes, he did. He stuck with us. We are a pack of five. So three guys and two girls. So you know what that means, right? Big sprint for the finish um which happened and i came second oh well i can't always win everything i knew it was going to be a sprint to the end and um but um yeah so we were talking at the finish line and uh one of the guys is like hey are you sylvie Dau? i was like yeah um and he's like i listen to your podcast and i'm like oh my god he's like you i've been listening to you for a while now and i love your episodes they're so great they're so diverse and i'm like i just want to shout you out thank you very much i'm sorry i was going to look up your name uh before i started this episode and um maybe i can hold on 
All right, so I want to shout out to Adam Frank, who uh, we are racing together. Uh, we are chatting at the end um, after the finish line. And one of the guys asked me if I was Sylvie Dew, and I said yes. And he's like, oh, my God, I listened to all your podcasts. It's so awesome, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God, that's great. You know, because it's really cool when you meet somebody who actually has been listening to you for almost a year. Uh, he picked up on the episode that I did about the Gravel Cup Canada um, last January with Brandon, and uh, he's been listening ever since. So thanks a lot. A shout out to you. I want to give you, um, hopefully you'll listen to this one. Um, yeah, so, um, and also um, we have been talking about uh, winter training. What are you doing to train this winter? Now, if you have serious goals, like you had an amazing summer, you've been watching all these gravel events like I have, um, and you're like, yeah, this is what I want to train for next year. It is so important to get some sort of structure in behind you and also skills. Skills, my friend, will take you up those gravel hills before you know it, down them, um, pedal stroke efficiency, being more effective on your bike, economy, uh, all those great things will come with somebody coaching you. And I want to invite you to look at my winter cycling program by texting the word cycling to 819-809-0999. So text the word cycling. It will land you you will get some text messages and our membership is going to be opening soon. So it's a monthly subscription. Um, you can start at any time, but you get a 50% off for the month of October. We start officially in November because even here in Canada, depending on the weather as in the past, um, a lot of us still cycle through October. And, um, and then we get on like November's when everything starts getting cold and rainy and snowy. So that's when we majority of us migrate inside, but you never know. I'm starting early uh, because there are some people who just want to get on the bike earlier. So 50% um, off the first month, which starts October. And then we get right into it, incorporate Swift. So you have to have Swift, you have to have a bike trainer. And it, I put in the schedule three times a week. So the most important one is coaching with me on cycling skills. The other one, which is a Thursday night, if you can't make it because of your time schedule, it'll be recorded. You'll get the recording so you can do it on your own. And then joining the group ride on the weekend as per usual, and then a higher intensity workout once a week. So as aging athletes, this is so important for improvement and progress and performance is to get that one intense workout in. Like the night that we train together, it's more coaching. So you are going to take that coaching session and you're going to apply it throughout the winter months in your cycling. So you will be learning as you go and putting into practice what I'll be coaching you. 
Um, and the, the difference between that and getting a cycling coach is a cycling coach online is just going to give you a workout based on what your goals are. What we're going to do is you're going, I'm going to be able to evaluate you as per what you need. And also like everybody needs to improve cycling skills, period. I don't, I can have seen like any one person who can't be tweaked in some way, but um, it's the most important thing is to avoid overdoing it in the winter, which a lot of people do. They get onto all these swift tours and they overtrain the group rides with friends and yada, yada, yada. But, and then they come out super tired and overtrained um for the spring and that's not the points we're going to work people and get them to 100k by april may for sure um and so building up your endurance base you're sitting on the saddle you're going to be a rock star when the spring hits so if this interests you it's it's about being consistent in getting four to six hours a week so for a lot of us who are working, who have families, this is attainable with your weekend ride and you shouldn't be overwhelmed by having to do more. So if you get a little extra time, you know, we'll help you add those in. So text the word cycling to 819-809-0999 and you'll be sent the invitation to get 50% off the subscription it's a monthly subscription. It's way cheaper than what I've ever charged. Um, but I just wanted to make this more accessible to more people online and it stops when the program stops. So it has a lifespan. It doesn't go for, it goes for the duration of the coaching, which is up till April. So you check that out. And let's get back into um what we're really going to talk about and that is how to lose an easy five to ten pounds now i know as a cycling coach that um we see a lot of people immediately decide to get fit and there needs to be some process to that decision you can't just like decide to get off the couch one day, you've been sedentary for like 10 years or five years or two years and go run a marathon or go um, join an Ironman uh, like event. Like that's ridiculous. Don't do that. You looking at my eyes, don't do it because you are gonna wreck your body. You're gonna wreck your life because it takes a lot of training that you are not ready for and neither is your family. Um, so yes, when you decide, and a lot of people just go straight up, decide to go straight to cardio, right? There's no other thing. They don't think about eating healthy. They don't think about sleeping or nutrition or any of that. It's just like, okay, I've decided to get healthy. I'm gonna start running. I'm gonna start biking. I'm gonna start, start, start but there really needs to be a plan. And if you have an aspiration to do a big, a big, even like a big cycling event, like a grand Fondo, you never been on the bike, you go and bike 180 K. 
how do you think your body's going to feel? How do you think your ass is going to feel? Not good. So it's, it's important to sit down and plan what you're going to do. And that means, um, you know, dis- deciding on an event or a goal. And uh, then um, how are you going to go about doing it? Because those extra 5, 10 pounds, I'm talking at the end. Like those are the hard ones. Because if you're going to get off the couch and start getting active, yeah, you are going to lose weight. But you're not going to get down to your desired weight because that requires a lot more work. That requires eating properly. You can't just change your, I mean, you could change your habits, but if you're really going to do the full thing and have a healthy life, it means changing your life and maybe even changing your friends around you so that they, you have the ones that are going to support you, not drag you down. Now, the first one is um, eating. And I was just talking about nutrition. Eating properly, eating for your, your, um, you know, your, well, eating, like, let me, let me just rephrase that. Changing up your current nutritional habits, let's say. You used to drink a lot of pop. Start drinking water. You're going to go through that phase where you're going to have a withdrawal. You're going to know that. You know, it's same with coffee. You're used to drink a lot of coffee, a lot of pop. You're going to go through the withdrawal. And while you're making the transition into reducing that for your body, your body's going to react to that and you're going to drop weight immediately, right? But it's getting down to that desired weight that you're looking for. So not just doing those little little habit changes are really significant in the long term right stop eating fast foods stop eating fatty foods stop the diets stop the keto stop the intermittent fasting all those special like fast little diets have a place if you like say you've hit a plateau and you need to change it up i've done that before myself and i did keto for a month i did it because i was going doing it with a group a very large group of of people like 1500 people were doing it It was like a group and um yeah i i dropped six pounds i dropped nine inches which is even crazier um but i had no energy i had I started napping in the afternoon and I got sick. So I basically removed all the nutrition that I was putting into my body and I just ate like protein and fat and a little bit of vegetables. So sometimes, you know, these things are not conducive for athletes. So try to avoid them. Um, Missing meals is another one. We're going to talk about, you know, like getting too busy, missing your breakfast, missing your lunches because, and then showing up to working out and you haven't eaten since lunch. 
it's not going to work. You are, it's going to be a wasted workout. You are not going to have enough energy to put the effort in that you need to, to improve. So missing meals is, is a huge one that I see a lot of women do is I think that missing meals is going to help them lose weight. Missing meals is going to help you gain weight because your, your body is going to protect itself by holding on to that weight because it's in starvation mode. You've heard that before. Missing meals is not an option. Always, here's a little tip. Put together, even if you're in your own house, that's an even worse way. If you're in your own house and you're missing meals, there's something wrong there. Like you are just not taking time for yourself. But if you're outside and, you know, make, get yourself a really nice little lunchbox and fill it with all sorts of great snacks that you can pick on during the day and also a meal for lunch and snacks before you go to your workout. I cannot emphasize that enough. Blood sugar level needs to stay level you know, to avoid those drops in energy so that you can perform your exercise. Okay. It's useless if you go there depleted and tired and hungry. You are not going to get a good workout, guaranteed. So the next one is sleep. Now, I am going to plug the next episode on the podcast and that's with my girlfriend Camille Lawson she's a hormone specialist and it is chunked full of juicy information about hormones now guys if you're listening to this we are going to do one for men as well so um this one is particularly for women but we're going to do another one for men and hormones Um, but stress, if you don't have, if you don't get a good night's sleep, like what you could do that I started doing it a year ago, almost a year is tracking my sleep just to see what kind of sleep quality I'm getting. I'm not, I'm trying, I'm not getting obsessed, but then, because that then causes a stress and stress is, um, you know, one of the ones that you want to avoid because stress is never good. Stress drives your cortisol levels up. And if your cortisol levels are up, your body will never respond to weight loss, no matter what you're doing. So that needs to be, you need to think about that. So getting the proper amount of sleep, good quality sleep, um, these, you know, um, Overtraining can cause you to not have proper sleep. Um, Being on your phones before bed can cause you not to have good sleep. So it's really good idea to like get rid of your electronics at least an hour before you go to bed. So you kind of, you know, not de-stress, but decompress from the day. So I just started a job. Okay, I just started a job, yeah, as a server, and I absolutely freaking love it. Because and I've done all sorts of shifts. Early morning, 
lunch and late evening. So late evening, I would get home like 1130. But it's so close, I actually bike home. It takes about 15 minutes. And in that time, I de-stress, I like just relax because it's so nice, it's quiet, it's dark. And um, I'm just enjoying this whole experience. And it's actually really making me feel really good. Who knew, right? But sleep is a huge one. And I know that when I'm you will probably know when you're not getting enough that you're always tired, you're always cranky, you're always fatigued. And this is a time where, you know, take a couple days to sleep in. Oh my God, it makes you feel so good. I make sure one day a week, which is usually Saturday or Sunday, I sleep in and I try and get like a good, you know, eight to nine hours that night. It's funny because sometimes on a Friday night, I'll go to bed like nine o'clock where most weeknights it's like 1030 and I'll sleep till eight and nobody, nobody messes with me until I get out of bed. Um, number three is evaluating the evaluation of your training. So that is, you know, too much. If you're doing too much and you're not giving yourself enough recovery, I see so many people do that. They feel guilty. They have to be doing something all the time. It's not the case. You have to give yourself, your body, the time to recover in order for it to actually increase in strength, increase in productivity. Like, all the long endurance rides, well, your body needs some downtime and it's going to make you stronger. People need, please realize that you can't be going hard all the time without downtime because you're, and, and the sleep plays a huge role because sleep, that's when your body takes the time to recover and rejuvenate and get stronger. If you're not sleeping well, your body will never have that opportunity to do it. So evaluating what you're doing and staying on track. So are you doing too much? Like, is it too much with what you're doing? Did you just take on a really hard job? Um, are you now taking care of a parent? Like what's going on? Do you need to, um, you know, pay attention to your relationship with your husband um, you might need to take some downtime, whatever, but are you doing too much? Okay. Number four, oh, we talked about it rest. So you see how everything kind of plays on each other. Um, you can't have one without the other. The rest is more important than the training. And you've probably read that somewhere. Um, if you don't have like days off, your body can't rest to get better. Um, so it's, I can't even say how important that is. Like you can do active recovery, like do something like, you know, a really chill ride. That's not pushing you like elevating your heart rate, you know, a walk or like yoga or, you know, something that's not like intensively pushing your body. That, those are good active recovery days, like maybe a hike or something like something that 
you aren't currently training in. Um, so, and here's a bonus one. Start lifting weights. Lifting weights burns fat. And that's another great way to make it a full package. You've got your, your eating down, your sleep, you're evaluating your training. Is it too much? Maybe you need to add a little bit more and your rest. So with that, I hope that helps you out. As mentioned, if you need a second opinion on what you're doing, please reach out to me. I will be more than happy to take a look, what, look at what you're doing. And that's what I do. Um, sometimes it is about asking for help and, um, and, and, you know, just having somebody look at what you're doing. So have a great day. Please don't forget to um, follow us on Instagram, follow the YouTube channel, um, put out a review. And also you can go for some downloadables on buymeacoffee.com backslash secret saddle pod. That would be super cool. I've got a couple free downloads. I'm going to be adding more there so you can go and grab, uh, your downloadable and buy me a coffee. Yay. Oh, here's something I wanted to mention. The last podcast that I did on Allison Jackson, I messaged her, you know, cause I was reading that article about her leaving cycling to become a TikTok influencer. And it looked pretty recent because it just popped up on my feed. And, and it also like, you know, just seemed to be pretty timely because of all the um, attention she's getting on some of her TikToks and uh, reels. But she's like, oh my God, that's such a April Fool's joke. I'm like, that's not April. Like, anyways, so who knows? Anyways, have an amazing day. Um, we'll see you on the next podcast. Take care, guys. Hey, friends. Thank you for enjoying this podcast episode. I'd love to invite you to visit our new and exciting page on buymeacoffee.com backslash secret saddle pod to check out some cool downloadables. And if you are so inclined to supporting the podcast with the purchase of a coffee would be greatly appreciated in helping keep the podcast going. Also, providing a separate rating and review on your favorite platform with any thoughts about the podcast are hugely helpful and appreciated. Thank you so much and have yourself an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. 
It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.